You may be headed in the same direction as many others, but the paths you will take to get there will be different. Welcome back to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. Hallelujah, this is episode number 21. That means I have been faithful for seven weeks. Hallelujah, to produce three new podcasts a week for seven weeks. Hallelujah, I'm going to give my own self a little hand clap. (laughs) Come on, that may not seem like much to you, but I'm telling you, It is much to me because it's really in complete obedience to what the Lord has spoken to my heart. Amen. Well, we really are here about the increase of the kingdom. Amen. Within myself, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, but also for that increase in you and all who want that. Amen. So I'm here uh, to help increase the kingdom within you so that then you can go out and increase the kingdom too. Amen. And so if you looked at the title uh, to this today, you'll see that you were born again to stand out. So let's jump in. First, we're going to start in Psalm 139, the book of Psalms, Psalm 139. And I'm going to read verses one through six and then jump down to verse 13. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand a blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me. To understand. Verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Now, Father, I ask that today we each one that would hear this message would have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. May this word come alive to everyone that hears. May it come alive to them and may it come alive in them that you, Lord, can help them then make that word come alive through them to help others. I give you glory and I magnify you in your word and in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's jump into this. I mean, just reading that from Psalm 139 is enough to get you excited. It should. Amen. To understand that you are uniquely you and God made you, you. Amen. You are uniquely you and God made you. 
There never has been, nor will there ever be someone like you. Come on now. Even those that are twins and identical twins, the reality is there's still if you're around identical twins, you would you will see so many differences. Even in so many likenesses, you'll see so many differences because every person that ever has been and ever will be is unique, amen, by the design of God. And to understand that God not only formed you and made every part of you, but he also watched as every part of you began to form in its completeness at just the right time. Amen. And this is hard, I think, for people to understand in today's world because so many are confused about their identity. They don't even know. Um, They think they were, you know, born uh, the wrong gender or, you know, what have you. And then you've got all the, not only that, then you have all this confusion over a lot of other tormented, demented ideas. Okay. And so, but I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter this situation or the circumstances that surrounded your conception and your birth. You are not a mistake and you were uniquely conceived, formed, and created by the creator himself. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's sad when you can consider how many people have been aborted in the womb of their mother, how many destinies and unique personalities and individuals that this world never got an opportunity to know. Because there's a lie straight from the pits of hell that that is not an individual, that it's not a person in the womb of a woman and that she has the right to exterminate that life. Sad, isn't it? When you think and consider you that are listening, thankfully, you are alive and the world has an opportunity to know you. Because there will never be and nor has there ever been someone like you. No one can ever fill your shoes. It's just the reality of it. You are unique. But you have to understand that even as a unique individual, you know, this this podcast today is about you were born again to stand out. Not only were you created initially as a unique individual, but then you're born again in Christ Jesus Um, to bring back the newness, a new creation, to form a new creation the way God intended for you to be from the beginning, but then was tainted by the mere fact that you being born into a world of sin and you were born again to stand out. You weren't born again to look like everybody else, to sound like everybody else and to do what everybody else is doing. Amen. You were born again to stand out uniquely you. But where many people get wrapped up and never step into that is that they want to identify with their temptations or their struggles, right? Every person is tempted. Every person is born into a world of sin and born into sin because of the fall of Adam. With with one man, was sin entered into the world. That was through Adam. You and I have no choice in that. We are born and we are born into sin, right? 
And with that sin comes the temptation for all manners of sin. Now, it is true because each of us is extremely unique and been given a portion of God who is so infinite that he could never put all of himself in one. Amen. He's given each of us part of his identity, right? We are created in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we are created in his image, but not the fullness of his image does not reside in every one of us. We are extremely unique. But temptations then come according to the uniqueness of who we are are created as, right? Some people are born with, you know, certain personalities that would lend to certain (laughs) things, right? (laughs) That's just how it is. Some people are born with certain personalities that would lead to um, temptation to be arrogant, where other people are born with certain personalities that lead to a temptation to... um, be, uh, what do I want? How do I want to say? Cause many times we think arrogance is really, you know, a straight form of uh, our evidence of pride. It's true. But pride also comes in other forms when people degrade themselves and think themselves, uh, less worthy, right. To have a good life or to live a right life. It pride, um, comes in what we also want to call false pride, but it, it's or false humility, which is really just pride in like an opposite headed in an opposite direction. Just because you might think less of yourself in the sense that you think you're a less individual does not mean you're thinking less of your, or you're thinking of yourself less. Amen. It's still pride. Did that even make sense? I don't know if it did or not. Let me just continue on here because I think it'll make sense as we go. Right. And so other people are born into a family that is bound and has been bound for generations by certain um, sins, maybe drunkenness or drug addiction or sexual sins that finds itself in all forms of lust and perversion from, you know, pornography uh, to insatiable sex, sex drives um, to homosexuality, um, you know, fornication, adultery, and all of that. I mean, the reality is, is that people are often born into families and surroundings that spawn a temptation for those sins early on in their life, where other people are born into families and situations that don't really see that. And therefore those things never get stirred up on the inside of them. Right. And so there's a lot of things, but everybody, everybody that has ever been born suffers temptation. It's just the reality of it. Everyone is tempted by sin. The sin that you're tempted by may look different than someone else's temptation, but the reality is everyone is tempted by sin. But your temptations or your struggles, the temptations that you struggle with, that you that you try to reject and walk away from are not your identity. Amen. And so this is important for us to grab a hold of. And when we're born again, it's especially important for us to get this revelation that it become real to us because you are born again to stand out in the righteousness of Christ. You as a born again child of God are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And even as a born again child of God, you've been made a new creation. So the the works of the flesh, whether you recognize it or not, have been put 
under and washed clean by the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ. Amen. But it doesn't mean the temptations won't come back. The difference is now that you're born again, you have a power residing on the inside of you to be able to reject every temptation and to win every struggle. Amen. And so it's important to recognize that you cannot identify with your temptation. You cannot identify with your struggle. And that's the problem where people now in today's world, um, the world that antichrist spirit pushes everybody to identify with their struggle, to identify with that temptation. You know, um, I, I was born um, a male, but I, I, I have this temptation and struggle that I want to be a female. Well, that's just it, a temptation or a struggle. You don't have to identify with it. And through Christ, you can walk out and can be completely free from that temptation. Amen. Everyone is tempted by sin. Even Jesus had to endure temptation. That's what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter uh, two. Let, let's go there. Hebrews chapter two. Even Jesus had to endure temptation. It was actually essential for him. That is why he came to this earth and was born as a man because he couldn't set us free from something he had never endured, something he had never been tempted by. He had to become flesh because we are flesh. He had to suffer in the flesh by temptation so that he could overcome temptation, overcome sin, overcome that suffering so that through him, we might be able to also overcome Hebrews chapter two, verse 11. Now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That's you and I as born again Christians. He makes us holy. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters, right? Because we have the same father for he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children of God and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die right? As God, he couldn't die because God is eternal. There wasn't a beginning to God. There's not an end to God. So as God, he could not die. Only as a human being could Jesus die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. 
in the New King James, it says he himself has suffered being tempted. So he is able to help us who are being tempted. Come on. You see now your temptation is not your identity. You were born again to stand out. You were born again in Christ Jesus, not to fall to temptation, not to fall to sin. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil which have their start in every form of sin. Amen. And you have the power within you to overcome every temptation and every struggle and every sin. Don't identify with the temptation. Don't identify with the struggle. Come on. Don't identify with sin. You're born again in Christ Jesus. And you're born again to be uniquely you who God created you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. So even Jesus was tempted. And yet. He himself never sinned. Amen. Hallelujah. Guess what? Hallelujah. Go with me to Colossians chapter two and we're going to see the guess what? Amen. (laughs) Colossians chapter two verses six through ten. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Oh, hallelujah. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. The New King James Version says in that verse 10, you are complete in him. Come on. Hallelujah. In your union with Christ, as it says in the New Living, you are complete. You within you, because you're in union, you're in um, fellowship, you are one with Christ. You are complete within you. Hallelujah. When you are in Christ, your spirit is brand new, knows all things, and is fully mature. Let me say it again. When you are in Christ, from the moment you're truly born again, making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, your spirit is brand new, knows all things, and is fully mature. Shall I say that again? From the moment when you step into Christ by making him your Lord and Savior, Your spirit is brand new, knows all things, and is fully mature. You are complete in Christ. Where the rub comes is that you actually have to get that completeness translated to your soul, right? Which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why we're also instructed, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, uh, and maybe chapter 4. No, it's not chapter. I'm not, not sure which chapter it is, but it might be four. Don't don't quote me on that. 
We are to work out our salvation, right? Daily, we have to work it out. Why? Because we are translating to our soul the completeness, the newness, the knowing of all things and the full maturity of our spirit. Getting our minds, our wills, and our emotions lined up with this completeness, this maturity, so that it can be productive in our lives. Amen? It's just the reality. So it's important for you to know that you were born again to stand out. God didn't just give you a portion of him. He gave him, gave you all because in him and you also are complete through your union with Christ, right? Through your union with him, you are complete in Christ. Now, where we work this out, this walk of Christianity, right? This life is a working out, a translating that completeness that is in our spirit that's made brand new to our mind, our wills, and our emotions. So that maturity and that completeness becomes evidentially manifested in our lives, in the way we live, what we do, how we talk, what we accomplish, how fruitful, prosperous, and successful we are. Amen? You were born again to stand out. So let me get a little, I, I have to lay the foundation to understand first who you are in Christ. There's so much more you could get. Um, uh, I could go into that, but I really want to focus on this um, as we laid that foundation of understanding who you are in Christ. Now let's look at the reality that you were born again to stand out. In John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus is saying here, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Now the Amplified Classic, that verse reads, reads this way. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Let's stop there for a minute. This deserves a hallelujah. A shout from you. Come on. Jesus chose you. He didn't choose you just to live a mundane life that never has any enjoyment, any happiness, any fruitfulness, any productivity, any lasting eternal fruit. He's chosen you for an abundant, good, enjoyable life. It doesn't mean that life will be non-existent of temptations, struggles, or even suffering. But we don't identify. Our identity doesn't come from the temptation. It doesn't come from the struggle. It doesn't come from the suffering. Our identity is in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you. Appointed you. Jesus has appointed you. Therefore, since it's Jesus that appointed you, right? No man, no woman appointed you. Your parents didn't appoint you. Your teachers didn't appoint you. Your pastors didn't appoint you. You minister of God, you pastors, you evangelists. No board of deacons or elders appointed you, right? No district board of your denomination appointed you. Jesus appointed you. Therefore, no one can disappoint you. Come on now. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus appointed you. 
Therefore, no one else can disappoint you. I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain and abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Hallelujah. Jesus has chosen you and Jesus has appointed you. You were born again to stand out. Amen. Hallelujah. What you're called to do, God's purpose and plan for your life is as unique. Hallelujah. As you are. God's purpose and plan for your life is as unique as you are. Let me say it again. God's plan and purpose for your life is as unique as as you are. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Right? We're talking about you were born again to stand out. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, born again, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Amen. Remember back when we read Psalm 139, the revelation that God gave a David is that all of the days of his life were recorded in, the, in God's books, right? All the days of your life are recorded in God's books. God has a predetermined plan for your life. He has a plan and purpose, but just because he has that plan and purpose does not mean you will walk in it. Though God has that predetermined course, paths and good works for you to do does not mean that you will do them. That decision lays in your hands, lays in your mind, lays in your heart. That is a decision you must make because although God has them predetermined for you, he gives you free will. So see, going back to what I was saying, we spend this life as a Christian translating this completeness, this maturity, hallelujah, this productiveness that is already found in the new spirit we have in Christ to our soul, to our mind, our will, and our emotions. Because if we don't get our will lined up with it, then our mind and our emotions are going to prevent us from doing what God has called us to do. And obviously the first step for anybody to be able to uh, live in the predetermined works and paths that God has for us is we have to make Jesus Christ our personal Lord and Savior, right? That's what he's saying here in verse 10 of Ephesians 2. We have been recreated in Christ Jesus, right? We're a brand new creature. Any person that is in Christ is a brand new creature. So God's design for our life has been recreated when we make Jesus Christ, we're born again in him to do what he's called us to do. But even once we're born again, we still have a part to play. We can come into agreement with God's plan and purpose for our life, or we cannot, <laughs> right? We could produce lasting, abiding, and remaining fruit, as Jesus said in John 
15, 16. He's appointed us to that, but that doesn't mean we will. That lays in our decision making. Amen. And understand, he says, you were recreated and born anew, born again in Christ, that you could do those good works, which God predestined and planned beforehand for you taking paths, which he prepared ahead of time that you should walk in them, living the good life, which he's prearranged and made ready for you to live. You may be headed in the same direction as many others, but the paths you will take to get there will be different. Like one of the realms of the call of God on my life is to be a pastor. And he's appointed me to this place where we are in Jerseyville, Illinois. But this isn't the only place he has me, nor the only work he has for me to do. Amen. There are many people called to be pastors and many people are walking in that appointment by Jesus. But the path that they've taken to get there and the path they're walking in to fulfill that appointment by Jesus on their life doesn't look like mine. No, it's not a path of unholiness. It's not a path of unrighteousness. It's not a path of sin. They're still called to that path of righteousness and holiness, right? But the mission that God has them on is going to look different. Therefore, the paths are going to take to get to where we're headed. We're all headed to heaven. Amen. We're all headed for that voice to hear when we enter. Well done, my good and faithful servant. But the gifts, because I'm uniquely me created that way in God and recreated in Christ to be who I am is going to look different than their gifts are different, right? Because they are uniquely you created by God, uniquely them and recreated in Christ to be uniquely them. So though you're headed in the same direction as others, the paths you're going to take to get there are going to be different. So don't conform to others. Conform to Christ and renew your mind to his plan for your life. Don't conform to others. Conform to Christ and renew your mind to his plan for you. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Hallelujah. It's powerful, powerful, powerful scripture right there. But let's look at that. The race God has set before us. The Amplified Classic in that verse one says it this way. The appointed, let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence, the appointed course of the race that is set before us. There's an appointed course for you, right? You may be headed in the same direction as many others, but the paths 
the course you're going to take to get there are going to look different. Look to Jesus. That's what it says. You're going to run with endurance, but the only way you're going to be able to run the course that is set before you is to look to Jesus because your course is going to look different. Your paths are going to look different. Again, your paths will not be contrary to the, to the written word of God. They will not be paths of sin. They will not be paths that follow the ways of the world, right? They are paths that will be firm in the word of God based on the word of God. But the expression will look different in you than it does me or somebody else doing what you're doing. Amen. So we have to look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author, the initiator, the perfecter, and the finisher of your faith. So the only way you're going to finish your race is by keeping your eyes on him. And it is your race. You are designed to win your race. But can I tell you the race you won't win? Somebody else's race. You'll never be able to win somebody else's race. You were born again to stand out. You were born again to run your race. The one that God has gifted, anointed, equipped, amen, for you to run. That is the only race that you can win and you will win it in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Just keep your eyes on him and then look and understand that it was the joy that was, was awaiting him. He was willing to endure the cross and its shame. See, sometimes when you make decisions to run the race that God has given you to run, there may be choices you make along the way that look shameful to those around you. I cannot believe you're giving up on this and you're giving up on that to do that. But what they don't realize, your willingness to give that up now right? To let go of what looks glorious and wonderful in the world, to grab a hold of the joy that is ahead of you, knowing that anything that you give up for Christ is going to come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It's not only going to come back to you in um, multiplied exponential growth form, but it's going to come back to you better than you ever gave up. Amen. But people in the world and even people maybe in the Christian walk that aren't where you are, that don't have your faith. Remember that it, your calling from God was not a conference call. They don't know exactly what you've been called to do. It may look foolish to them. It, they may look, they, you may look shameful in their eyes, but don't you worry about other people. You're not called to please them. You're called to please God and only only faith pleases God and faith chooses to do what God's called you to do. Amen. And to run that race, no matter what it looks like, because trust me, you in the end, it will answer for itself and your life will be one full of joy. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says, think about everything that Jesus endured. So you don't become weary and give up. If you give up, you can't win. You're not going to give up in Jesus' name. You're going to run your course. You're going to stay on your course. You're going to stay in your lane. You're going to take the paths God's assigned for you to, to take. Amen? Don't conform to others. Conform to Christ. 
And yes, follow men and women of God who are ahead of you, who are doing what you're called to do with great success and faithfulness. Listen to them, learn from them, honor them, take their counsel, but do it the way the Lord has told you to do it. Amen? Yes, we are a body and people are there to help us avoid pitfalls. Help us. There are people who are running a course headed in the same direction that we are and their steps and steps, some of them miles and miles ahead of them. We can learn from them. We should listen to them and we should honor them for sure. They are, help, they are there to help us avoid pitfalls, to help us get where we need to go faster, right? But you still have to do it the way as the Lord has told you to do it. Take their counsel, take their instruction, learn from them, listen to them, honor them, and then take that before the Lord and follow his specific instruction on how he wants you to do it. It's your appointed course, which will be as unique as who you are. Amen. And you are a unique individual. You were born again to stand out. And the only way you're going to stand out in your generation is to run the appointed course God has assigned you to and to run it well. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He wouldn't say so that you wouldn't grow weary and give up if there weren't going to be the temptation to grow weary and give up, right? Come on. He wouldn't say in another part of the scripture where it says strengthen those feeble knees that you have because there are going to be time you're going to be your legs are going to be shaken under you because the steps of faith that God's asking you to do you're thinking oh my goodness he wouldn't say you needed to strengthen them if he didn't know there were going to be opportunity for your knees to start knocking together amen come on now come on this is a life of faith it's a life that's meant to be enjoyable full of fun and excitement hallelujah hallelujah and likewise, if you're a leader in any form, in the body of Christ, in a business, and you know, work environment, whatever, you know, expect the people around you to have the, the same heart, right, as you do. But don't expect them to have your same expression. They are uniquely them. And the way that that heart is going to be expressed is going to sound and look different. You know, one of the things in ministry, that's what you find. I mean, I've trained up people that are quite different than me. Our hearts will be the, be the same, but the expression is quite different because they're a unique individual. I can't expect them to be like me, and I don't expect them to. They'll never be a successful me. <laughs> like I can never be an ex a successful them, amen? You were born again. To stand out. So be willing. Be willing to keep your eyes on Jesus. Conform to Christ. And renew your mind daily to his plan for you. Choosing those paths which he already laid out for you to walk in. Don't be arrogant. Don't be hard-headed. Choose the paths that he's already laid out 
so that you can live the good life that is already made ready for you to live. Amen? You are complete in Christ. Now get up. Hallelujah. Find the direction you're headed in. Maybe find one or two people that are already moving in that direction that can help you. Amen. And then keep your eyes on Jesus and your ears tuned to the spirit of God so that you can know the appointed course and the path you're supposed to be taking so that you can stand out all for the glory of our father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, father. Hallelujah. Thank you, father, for your word. Thank you for the encouragement and the life that comes for, from your word. Thank you that your word is truly a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Lord, that you've set us in a body called your church, that we're not called to run the race alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that someone's path might be running parallel to, to ours, but they're, they're going to run into different things that we're not going to run into, but we can run together cheering one another um, along, Father, in our path, in our lane. And I thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord God. But I thank you that you've appointed a course for us to run. And I ask, Father, even now, that you would strengthen every man and woman that listens to this podcast in their inner person with the strength and the might of your Holy Spirit, that they would have ears in tune with the Spirit of the living God to know and always hear. Hallelujah. That voice that said, this is the path. Go this way. In Jesus' name, I give you glory and ask, amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for joining me for episode number 21 for Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I love you all, and I'll talk to you soon.